This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of The Podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by First World Collectibles, if you're into nerd culture, if you're into sports memorabilia, if you're into wrestling memorabilia, please visit firstrow.ca. Use promo code THEPODCAST20 to receive 20% off. They got everything from old school comic books to signed sports memorabilia to signed wrestling figures, wrestling magazines, anything you need or want. They got it. Best thing is they ship worldwide and even better they update daily so please visit them at firstrow.ca if you're into video games and books please visit bossfightbooks.com for great books on classic video games you'll find titles like resident evil final fantasy 6 nba jam and so many others everything you see on their websites available in paperback and ebook format so please check them out at bossfightbooks.com and if you're looking for the best supplements and CBD products, please visit LegacySubs.com. Use promo code THEPODCAST to receive 10% off. They got everything from sleep aid to muscle building. Anything that makes you feel great, makes you look great. They got it. They are Legacy Sports Nutrition at LegacySubs.com. If you want to support me directly, you can visit my merchandise store at tpublic.com or scroll down on today's device. It's embedded right there in the description. Click on that link. It takes you right to the merchandise store. I got everything from hoodies to travel mugs to phone cases, anything you need or want. It is literally there. But the easiest thing, the freest thing, the most important thing to do to support the show is rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms, most specifically Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So this week's guest is a music composer, arranger, producer, and sound designer whose work you may have heard in such video games as Sonic Mania, Streets of Rage 4, League of Legends, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, to name just a few. He is a fellow pork chop, much like myself, T. Lopez. Hello. How's it going, my friend? How are you this fine afternoon? Very good, man. How's it going? It's uh, going to be here with you. It's going good, and thank you very much for being here. It's always nice to talk to a, a fellow pork chop, as I mentioned off the top. And we have to get right into before we get into video games, before we get into music. What kind of pork chops would it be if we don't talk about Portugal in the World Cup? Of course, 
that's mandatory. <laughs> I just watched the game. Did you? Okay, so you saw. So obviously we made it to the knockout stage. Easy peasy. Two wins. We're good. Who cares what happens next game? Unless we just don't want to face Brazil. Because that could be a possibility in the first stage. Which is crazy if you think about it. Man, that would be fun. Fun? No, that, that would, would be, be stress. Great, yeah, it would be a great challenge. It, it would wreck my nerves. But uh, it would be fun to watch. You know, I want spectacle. And I'm sure that Portugal would give it their all. And in a game against Brazil, and of course, you know that's you know, we're all brothers and stuff. But that, there's always that <laughs> rivalry that's between true. Portuguese and Brazilian. I don't know, man. To me, that's a fun match. No, it is, and it's good. High stakes, and 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 it is a good one to get off the bat because then everything else would pretty much be easy after that. Like you know what I mean? Who else other than Brazil right. would give them like a run for it, right? Absolutely, man. I'm trying to watch an interesting game, and I, I think that would be off the rails. No, for, for sure. Now, how about this? Are you a, a so-called real diehard soccer fan, or are you like me who just watches like these big uh, world tournaments? Uh, well, I play a lot of FIFA. Well, not oh, a lot, okay. but I, I love playing FIFA. But I can't play soccer to say I can't play soccer for shit. That's okay. one of the things <laughs> I can never do very well. I love playing soccer when I was a teenager, but I was never very good at it. Okay, I do have a good uh, vision for it, though. You know what I mean? Sure. So you can but do I watch every game and stuff? No, I don't. I watch Portugal playing. Sometimes I watch Sporting because that's my team. Oh, same here. If, Beautiful. If oh, really? All right. There you go, man. I, I knew we were going to get along. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you you can't you. I wouldn't say I'm crazy about soccer that way. You know what I mean? I just I, I like to watch it. I like to play FIFA, but. I don't know, like the names of all the players and all of that jazz. And, and you know or what? It takes up so much time, especially if you're into like all the yeah. leagues. All, like I understand the people who like pick one because there's some people who just watch like the Premier League and that's it. And maybe like the Champions League or something. But even so, if you don't know half the teams in there, like on, on the world stage, it's a bit different because there's rankings. But on like these Champions Leagues and these no-name leagues, like how do you keep up with everything? It's like, fuck. Uh, no, it's impossible. <laughs> right? At least for my brain. Me My too. brain doesn't memorize that kind of stuff. I'll know maybe two, three players max in any given team, and that's that's saying a lot. <laughs> no, and it even goes for as like North American sports now too. As I got older, like when I was younger, you, I could name you every NFL player, every hockey player, every NBA player. Now, yeah, right. I couldn't even name probably two guys on a team, like, except for maybe basketball, because I started following them again since uh, the I, Toronto I Raptors won. But it's like, it's so hard. See, my thing is MMA because it's just individual. So it's a lot easier than like following teams and then who's on what team. Like, you know what I mean? So you're into sports like that? Well, again, when I was in my 20s, all the time, I would bet on everything. Like, like I said, I would know everyone on every team, even to the point where I would know like all the coaches. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just watch. No, no, no. Just play. Come you're on, not, man! You're, you're, not, you're not good at sports. Well, it's not that I'm good. You you should know this. Being a a, a child of a Port- of Portuguese parents, like our parents aren't really into providing like direction towards sports and the arts. Like uh, you know what I mean? Oh, that's true. That is true. So maybe if I got my that parents, nudge, I don't know. Lying. My parents did, especially my dad and my well, my mom too. Okay, they did push me towards music, but I do did recognize they? that's a rarity. It's not something you see all the time. Yeah, because I have lots of talented uh, friends that and their parents would just tell them. Listen, music, that's not a future. That's a good hobby, but you need something else. And my parents were never like that. They always believed that I could make something out of music. So 
I can't talk shit about them. I'm grateful for that. Well, you know what? Then your parents must not be Portuguese, because that I, I, I like I don't understand. Like you know it's what I mean? Not something you see yeah, all, all the time. It's no, and most and most like, people who are Portuguese listening to this could contest. It's like like even in my case, like. My brothers were good at hockey. They played, but they never got pushed to go even further. Who knows if they would have made it, but at least it would have been that would have gone. And like, same thing with me. Like, I was good at sports when I was in school. I was, uh, I was in like band. Like, I played the fucking crazy saxophone. I did like so many solos and everything and all this shit. And, oh, yeah. and my parents never cared. Like, I could, even to this day, I could still read music. Like, you know what I mean? And my parents, so, just, you, you were good at sports. You were good at music. Damn, you, you had it all, man. And I was this close on being on the honor roll too. So I had a brain. <laughs> so, and my, all, all my right. parents cared about was moving to Portugal and ruining oh, my life. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. <laughs> they retired. They retired and went back to Portugal. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's pretty much it. And the, here, here's the fucked up thing. So I told you all these things that I'm good at, right? But yet, they proceeded to think that what was my best future in Portugal was to join the fucking army. Oh, oh fuck! Right. Oh, so they registered me. Yeah. I was literally like, I was because of my education from here and right. being duolingo. I could speak English and Portuguese. I was going to like pass right. like the lower stage and become like a sergeant right off the bat. And I'm mm. like, is this something I want to do for the rest of my life? I'm like, I don't yeah, think yeah. so. So then that's how I came back and started my life here in Toronto again. Oh, okay. <laughs> Go figure. See, those are typical some, Portuguese sort friends. Of a, sort of an accent. Is that the Toronto accent that I just, and I just never heard it before or it's the Portuguese, Portuguese slash downtown Toronto accent. Yeah, okay. Cause I was literally like the neighborhood I grew up in was like little Italy slash little Portugal. Cause yeah, they, yeah, yeah. like they both joined. See, me too. So see, me too. I, I grew up half of my life was passed in Newark, New Jersey. So oh, the, oh yeah. That's a Portuguese community. Right of course. There. And we got the great, the, the good pastéis nato over there. Oh, man. I don't know how pastelerias are over there, but. Oh, here, here it's good. Here it's good. Trust me, my friend. Yeah. You got some good restaurants, some good Portuguese. Oh, you can't go anywhere without finding an amazing shudashkeda. You can't go anywhere without oh, finding a nice amazing. restaurant. Yeah. Like in Toronto, it's like, it's like KFCs. Wherever there's a KFC, there's a shudashkeda like across the street. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's great. So okay. if you come to that, if you ever come, have you been to Toronto? I assume not then, right? I've, no, no, I've been to Montreal. Okay. It's I not went, the same, though. Yeah, in February, when the TMNT was about to, right before it came out, okay. to shoot a video with them. Right. But that's the only time I was in Canada. Oh, okay, yeah. Toronto's a bit different, but there is a Portuguese community in Montreal, too. Dude, I was freezing balls over there. It, was oh, it is a bit colder than Toronto. The temperature was, I think that's the coldest I've ever been in my really? life. Really? Like, I, felt, I felt it inside of my bones, kind of. <laughs> it was terrible but but it's beautiful it's just that wow it was really really cool but i had a great time great time okay so i gotta gotta go to where you are next yeah when you come to toronto try and come like july august because then oh my god and then we have so many yeah like we even have like the portuguese street festivals and stuff and all this oh, cra- really i'm telling you like the portuguese community here is crazy in toronto we have so wow. many things going on it, it, it's just l- l- like i said we have so many restaurants, so many sugar skaters. M- my wife thinks that we're like cockroaches because we're everywhere. And anywhere we go, we just multiply. And she just, just doesn't understand. That is true. That is true. <laughs> we just can't go anywhere. That's, that's, what, that's what we do. Oh, my goodness. No, but that is cool that your parents actually supported you because it's like I, like I was saying, that that's very odd. And I would have thought that would have been like, oh, no, you got because my whole thing growing up was all oh, I kept always hearing. You got to work in an office or you got to work construction. Those are the only two things Man. that make money. 
You know what I mean? It's like, I but remember, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember having disagreements with my dad mm. where we would yell at each other because okay. he believed in me so hard and I was so scared to, you know, to do the music thing. And oh, he would my tell God. Me, you should do it because I believe you can do it. And, and I, you know, I really wanted to do it. I was just too scared. Rejection. Sure, of course. So, so he pushed me. He pushed me very strongly towards music, which is like the complete opposite, like we spoke before, of what we see so many times. Not just with Portuguese people, though. With with, I, I would say most parents don't think it's a very safe bet, or you know, don't understand music enough to identify talent in their own kids. Sometimes that's a good one too. Yeah, that that is so true. So, when did you actually start and want to become and be involved in music? It's funny because I was always involved with music because of my family. They're they're all very music musically oriented. Okay. On my mom's side, also my dad's side. Um, so um, naturally, I was always around music. But I wanted to draw as a kid. Oh. I always wanted to be like a like a comic book artist. I never thought I was going to be a musician. Sure. Um, when I was seven, I think my grandfather gave me one of those little keyboards, those little toy keyboards for. For, for kids right yeah and I started playing with that and developing my taste for music through that right but it wasn't until I was like 15 that I decided that I wanted to make music for a living instead of the whole drawing comic books or animation thing so it's funny man I always tell people it's, it's very curious that I make music for video games because I started making music on a console Oh. The PlayStation, yeah, the PS1 had okay. a software okay. called Music 2000 in Europe. Here in America, it was called MTV Music Generator. Okay. So basically, it was a program. It was not a game, and you could uh, make me. You could program music with it. Oh shit! So yeah. So when I found out that I could program my own music, I just wow, this is incredible. <laughs> so all of these ideas that I've been having all these years, I can yeah. they can finally materialize exactly you know? yeah and it was it was it was just so fascinating to me that i started dedicating all of my time to it and uh that's how i got started basically oh my god on that, a playstation that, in my living room that is so cool. <laughs> so how about instrument wise and reading music are you able to do all that did you educate yourself after and stuff or oh, man i tried so many times okay it's just that that side of of, of music does not captivate me at all oh, you can't do any of the theory eh? i oh. Very, very little. I know some stuff with chords, like I know okay. some of the jargon. Sure. But nothing, if you put a, a sheet, music <laughs> sheet in front of me, yeah. that's, like, that's not my language. And I try learning okay. it a couple of times, but it just, I, I don't know, I can't memorize it very well, or I'll just say forget about it and just go straight to making music. You know, I, I, I don't know. But yeah. But why why video games? Again, was it because, like you said, it was available on the PlayStation 1? Or was... Okay, how about this? Did video games or music, what love came first for you? Video games for sure. Oh, okay. Well, mm, See? That's a very good question. <laughs> that's a very good question. But I will answer like this. Music through video games. Oh, okay. Okay, so my love for music probably came from video games for from my fascination with video games okay yeah and and as a consequence of that the music that came with the games was also ingrained in my brain since i was very young okay uh 
music that most of the times was composed by Japanese composers, so it was influenced by Japanese pop a lot. Sure. Of times. Of course. From the 70s and 80s and 90s. And so I, I think that had a lot of influence in my style, even nowadays, because when you're growing up, I feel like you absorb all of that stuff. It's just so more, much more magical. You don't understand how it works. Yeah. And it's, I, I don't know, I think it, it just got ingrained in my brain in a way that actually came to shape my musical style, even nowadays, 20 or 30 years later. Oh my goodness, that, that is pretty cool. And have you ever had any ambitions of working, like, say, in TV or movies or even for, like, recording artists? Absolutely, man. Yeah, for for a few years I wanted to be, and this is part of this is part of my uh, trajectory. I would say I wanted oh, okay. to be a, a hip hop uh, <laughs> hip hop beat maker. Really? Okay, I'm yeah, a huge hip hop yeah. fan, as you could tell. So, like, you know. <laughs> uh, oh, that's what it is. Yes, I, was, I, I thought it was a Versace. Oh, <laughs> that's true because the bottom is cut. Yeah, no, it's a Wu Tang yeah, shirt. I could only see the circle. <laughs> So I thought that's like a Versace. This guy, this guy's bald. <laughs> <laughs> it's that podcast money, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> hey, for sure. Oh. But uh, but yeah, man, music through through games. I think it was my window to. I always say this that that video games were my window into. Just, you know how in Portugal people will listen to a lot of musica bimba yeah. and you know just whatever is. More, most popular, like pe- people used to listen to the radio a lot, oh, or yeah. cassettes, yep. you know, or the CDs and stuff. And there was really no access, at least where I'm from. And you know this because you're you're from a small town also in Portugal, yeah. right? Exactly. There's not a lot of access to music, to, to foreign music at all, or jazz or any of that stuff. Maybe you can buy CDs at the local cafe. Right? They, exactly. They, they it was those. like people don't understand because I used to go every summer and I would always make a mixtape and my cousins would flip out on the shit we used to listen here. Yeah. And, but then in turn, when like the whole Euro scene started, all those tracks right. came out there first. So when I went there, I heard everything first. And then when I come here, I hear it like six months later. Okay. So I had like the Probably best of both worlds. Yes, exactly. 2000s, right? You're yes. talking when, the, when uh, like techno started taking yes, over. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I totally get it. Yeah, it's so true. Like so, people don't yeah, get it. Man. So, so this to say that my access to music was so limited because of that. Okay. That my window to to jazz and to, to Japanese pop and you know all of that cool stuff that I that really appealed to me mm-hmm. was only present through video games because that was the only aside from maybe anime that I watched on TV that was the only Japanese media I had access. to. Sure, of course. And and turns out that the music was just crazy to me, man. It was just, in my brain. I was just like, "How do they do this?" <laughs> come up words and right, just, yeah. And it would get stuck in my head for for years. Oh I remember God. playing some games once and, and just getting that song in my head for for years and years. See, it was just so catchy. That's what I don't understand, and I've always wanted to ask like people in your position who come up with stuff from scratch. It's like I could play back anything like on an instrument. If I like, I have that ear where if I hear it enough times, I'll eventually figure out what the notes are, or the chords or whatnot, and play it back, right? But to pick up something and just create out of nowhere, like how? Like, explain this to me. How do you even start a process like that? I wish I could explain it to you, but it's 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 just it's kind of. Do I want to call it random? It's kind of random. Like I could be here talking to you and just okay. come up with a melody. Dun, 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 dun,
And there you go. That's the melody right there. It probably doesn't exist yet and could be sold for for a good amount of money, you know, when you right. when you turn it into actual music that people can listen to. But I can't explain the process, Steve. It's just it's just just pops up. It's just there. I don't know. Well, I guess that's it's, what what they call talent, right? <laughs> I don't I don't know. See, you, you're you're talking about reading music, and I can wonder the same thing. Like, how do you look at a bunch of simple? Uh, I guess it's a lot like reading, like right. regular text. Uh, yeah. Okay. I guess we, we we can make that comparison. But then you have to. You actually have to play an instrument while looking at that, and sometimes it's a song you never even heard, right? Because I know there's like musicians that session musicians that just pop in. And yeah, exactly, right? Never in front of them, and they play that like like they're just talking to you. Yeah, but but yeah, man, I I, I it's it's not something I can put my finger on. Yeah, that, the melody just the, it's so funny. Maybe what if you start if you start singing a melody out there. Yeah. If you start singing a song out of nowhere, just just a random song, making it up. I mean, you're you're composing technically. I guess, so, but I really don't do that. Everything I hum or I come up with is something I've either heard or that's stuck in my head. Like you know what I mean? That's I. That's why I don't understand how something could well, just pop up. Because I've tried, like like how you said, I'll be just sitting here, and I'll be like, na na na, and I start making something, and the next thing you know, I'm like humming the theme of Super Mario Brothers. I'm like, okay, no, like I went totally off. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> well, let's be fair. Every melody you can think of has already been invented. I, I, I guess variation. So when you create a, a, a brand new melody, okay. First of all, there's no way to guarantee that you're creating a brand new. Melody. I know, I right? <laughs> created that melody in the rest of the world, right? But when you uh, when you create something like that, you're more uh, like putting together pieces and bits of stuff you already heard. So maybe it's the same rhythm as some other song you already heard, but you changed the notes around. So now it's something completely new. Right. You know what I mean? Or you stuck another note in there somehow, did something crazy, interesting with it. Like you can literally take any song, and if you modify all the notes and you, you scramble the rhythm around a little bit, that's a completely new melody right there. Right. Is exactly. it going to sound good? Is it going to be appealing? I don't know, but True. it's brand new so i think that composing is a lot of that you know nothing comes from nothing everything has to come from something yeah several things you've heard before and you mix them all in your head it's it's like cooking you take a bunch of ingredients i like that and you you mix them up and the result is yours it's something that you created is it going to taste good who knows maybe <laughs> it is if you if you're a good cook if you're a shitty cook it's going to taste like shit but i i would compare it to that Okay, you know, that is a good comparison. It's Yeah, it's a better answer than I don't know. Yeah, you made me think about it a little bit, and I think that's what it is. Okay, no, that's, talent, again, that yeah, completely makes is, sense. Is to concoct something out of a bunch of elements that are already ingrained in your brain. Yeah. But I don't, I'm not convinced that any composer is creating something absolutely new. I think everything has pretty much been invented, and there's... Only so many ways you can tinker with it yeah. and still still have it be something that people want to listen to, something that's still familiar. Because it can't be too strange. People don't want to listen to music that's a little too odd. You know what I mean? It has to no, be somewhat familiar right there in, in between. Exactly. Like, that's what I think anyway. Because if you go through the timeline of music and how it started versus how it is now, like if you were to play, like how we said, techno from 2000 in the year 1950... Oh my yeah. God, that would blow their minds. But exactly. you see the gradual, uh, like, 
steps getting Rap there. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Where like it's the same thing. Like we could compare this like to hip hop again, where back in the day it was more about the lyrics and about a grimy beat. Now it changed so much where it's become literally just pop music. Like, you know what I mean? Where yeah. it has to be played on the radio. But if you were to play that back in the late nineties, Oh my God, all, all these, all these artists would be crucified. <laughs> I mean, if you, yeah, if you, if you ask the old, the old school guys nowadays, what they think about. Oh, I'm one of those. You know, they, <laughs> they, they have a certain opinion about it and, you know, it makes sense to them, but things do evolve or if you want to call it evolving, it depends on, each person's opinion if it's if it's a good evolution or not but things do change and you know there's nothing anyone can do about it it's just the way of the world i think yeah exactly and that goes for every aspect of course most definitely true because if you showed hip-hop to your grandparents they probably oh my god they'd freak out (laughs) would have been like what the hell is this you know what i mean like where's the saxophones (laughs) (laughs) where's the flute at where's the flute where's the harp even though hip hop samples a lot of that stuff, but yeah, that is true. Yeah, you are right. So, yeah, that's I think with every generation, there's always that, that so, uh, cultural shock, if you want to call it that. So I saw somewhere too that you used to be a DJ. Is this correct? Man, I used to I used to do a lot of things. <laughs> I used to do a lot of things. Always involved with music most of the time. Okay. Uh, because I could never stay at a job for longer <laughs> at a regular job. Sure. Call it that. For longer than a couple of months. It just wasn't for me. You know what I mean? I, I found out at a very young age, thanks to my dad, that I could make money off of music. And I started I started doing that. I, I used to I used to play at bars. Okay. Bring my keyboard with me and sing sing at bars. Oh sure. Do weddings. I used to, oh, I nice. used to do weddings. I used to do like parties, birthday parties, sure. stuff like that. Then I stopped doing that and I started doing karaoke, which I thought was a lot of fun. It was oh. like my my partying years, and I was doing it every day, sure. and drinking for free, and making new friends every night, and just singing. It was, awesome. it was fun, but then it then it became too much, and um, well, I was doing all of these things in parallel. If you're wondering, with uh, to to uh, video game music, okay. right? Because video game music was not enough; didn't make me enough money at the time sure. to survive just off of it. Makes Until sense. Sonic Mania released, and even after that, it took a while for it to really take off. So I had to do other things on the side. Sure. Or I had to do video game music on the side. I don't know which one was on the side. I was right. just doing a bunch <laughs> of musical activities and trying to uh, make a living out of uh, all of that stuff. Of I course. did karaoke. I DJed after that for like a year until uh, uh, the pandemic hit, ah. which was unfortunate. But uh, in terms of uh, the video game business, it was... It was convenient for me in that sense because obviously people stay home, they play more video games. Yep. The industry was a little boost in the industry, and that brought me more work in turn. So, although I had to abandon the DJ life, and you know, the, the, I was kind of sick of that <laughs> by then anyway, so that was kind of good. And you know, I had to stay home, and fortunately, I, I started grabbing jobs and and uh, was able to establish myself as a exclusively, you know, an ex- exclusively a video game composer which was never something i could have said before that before that time oh that's so awesome and now okay i gotta know this what uh, what do you prefer more performing in front of people like in a dj setting or like you said eventually being a hip-hop artist of some sort or do you prefer like in the confines of your studio where you could just do everything on your own nowadays i enjoy the stage life for a long time okay 
Yeah, I used to sing on stage. I used to do Portuguese festas and all of that. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, I didn't enjoy it too much. Were you a part of the ranch? No, not the ranch, okay, but I used okay. to like, like <laughs> uh, be on a stage with a keyboard in front of me. And, oh, and, my God. I love it. And playing and singing. Yeah. yeah. I, got, I got really used to the stage. Unfortunately, not in the way that I wanted. I wasn't, I wasn't playing the music that I enjoy or the music that I created. Of course. I was playing music for people to enjoy themselves and dance at the party. Yeah. It was good money. You know, I was, I, I was a young guy, so that was an, an easy way to make money. It gave me time to work on the video game music during the week because I would make maybe... I don't know, 500 bucks on a Saturday and then have the rest of the week just do karaoke once or twice and then dedicate the rest of my time, my time to build up my video game business, you know? Right. So, yeah, for a while it was like that. But then I established myself and, and fortunately I don't have to, to go out there anymore because <laughs> my liver was begging me. <laughs> <laughs> It was begging me to stay home. I drank for free, man. I mean, you have to understand that. Of course. You're, you're, you're around, you're in an environment that everybody is just drinking and singing and, and shy, too shy to sing, so they have to drink a little bit of to course. get in the mood. It makes sense. And I'm in the middle of them, and, and uh, <laughs> that was that. That was the phase of my life. But uh, to answer your question, I much more prefer being in a studio right okay. now. I don't live in the middle of the city anymore like I used to. I used to live in Newark. Now I... I Fortunately, I was able to move to the suburbs. There it's a lot quieter here. Yeah, you hear I the birds it. every day. <laughs> yep. and, uh, I set up my, my studio, as you can see. People can't see, but you, you probably saw a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. And i just uh, just a happy camper. <laughs> just doing my thing. Oh, that's awesome. And the one thing I never understood, and I, I thought it was always a category. I don't know if you knew. I'm sure you do know this. But I think only recently that video game music has become a category for the Grammys. Like, I thought it yeah. was, like, come on, man, look, look how long video games have been around since, what was it, the 60s, if you think, like, or even the 70s where the boom happened. Like, yeah. why did it take so long for it to be recognized? Like, to me, this is a no-brainer. Man, I'm no expert, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I think the, the, the obvious answer is money. I think only now oh. or only recently did games become financially relevant when you compare them to, like, the movie industry, for example. Mm. Nowadays, video games are making billions of dollars. Right. That wasn't always the case, and I think they're so they're so popular and so mainstream nowadays that they had to be made. You know, there had there has to be a category for that. It's a shame that there hasn't been for so many years, but it, it was a matter of time, in my opinion. No, of course. And is that something now you're striving towards? You want that Grammy a, a part of your studio? Yeah, I don't. Know. I don't <laughs> really care for it. It would be nice if I if I if something like that ever happened, but. I think I'm much more concerned about um, what people think about my music more than what a group of people, you know, a group of individuals, experts, if you want to call them that, sure. think about my music. You know? I'm more concerned about making people in general happy and that my music fits the game nicely and to give people uh-huh. a nice experience. But, you know, not to say that that uh, an award is is a bad thing no it's it's great you know everybody likes to, to have their work recognized that way but it's definitely not a priority for me not something i think about oh i have to get a grammy one of these days not really it's not really something that crosses my mind that way 
See, and that mentality alone means you are going to eventually get one, my friend. Because it's always people like you that are so humble. So, you know, it's for the people. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? You, like, this is awesome. The karma's all over your side. And I know you are eventually going to get a Grammy. You have to. Like, come on. Like, some of the shit that you've been putting out, especially, like, recently, this year alone, you've been killing oh, it. Like, from Streets of Rage to TMNT. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I love all these retro remakes because, again, like you said, it brings back to the childhood where everything meant something, where you yeah. were absorbing stuff. Like, you know what I mean? And it just blows my mind how, like, especially for TMNT, like, and again, no no shade against, against Streets of Rage, but it felt like I was watching the cartoon while playing this game. Like, you did a masterful job, my friend, and hats oh, off to you. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, and I, I'm so glad to hear that because, you see, that was one of my intentions excuse me, when I was working on the soundtrack, well, so much just came from the vibes of the TV show, right? Right, Very, I know. very different from, from, the, from the music you could hear on Streets of Rage for DLC, which is a lot more serious, a lot exactly. more uh, action-oriented. Not that TMNT isn't, it is also, but it's a lot sillier in, in, in tone. Yep. The type of chords that I, that I combine, are, they sound a lot more childish and innocent than something you'd hear on that you would hear on Streets of Rage. Even though, in terms of rhythm, you know, they're both fast-paced fast and uh, action-oriented and, and all of that, but there's a different quality to TMNT soundtrack that I, I believe is a lot more childish and innocent and, and, and has a certain charm because of that. So I'm, I'm glad you picked it up. Yeah, well, how could you not? Like, it slaps you right in. Like, even, like, the levels and everything, like, everything sounds like... I, like I said, I'm either watching the game, I mean, watching the, the TV show, or going back to, like, the original arcade game, yeah. which, of course, yeah. I'm sure you pulled from that, too. And it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, my God. It's, it's like all this source material that you had to work And like you said, you took a little bit of here and there, and you tuned it to your ears and to today's yeah. people. Like, you know what I mean? And, again, it's master Like, people don't understand. Think, people think it's, like, so easy. Oh, just grab it and slap a new code on it, and that's it. But look how many remakes oh, no, and no, no, reboots no, no. have failed, and look how many have done it right like you need that care and i think you need people like yourself in your position who've played these games and watched the tv shows originally thanks steve yeah i was a big fan as a kid matter of fact if you ask me i think tmnt was is like the first uh the first cartoon saturday morning cartoon that i remember watching in my life because i think it was i think it was playing in portuguese it was given in 1991 okay or 1990 back when i was five and if you ask me for the first picture of my of my uh of my childhood <laughs> i think it's me sitting in front of the tv on a saturday morning just watching tmnt and i loved it so much that my my parents used to <laughs> used to make fun of me they, they used to call me <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> oh my god yeah yeah it was a big yeah terrible i was a big big fan though and uh it's like you said man i, I took pieces and bits i went and i studied the I, I watched all the movies again oh okay i watched two yeah. or three seasons of the original show i uh you know every little every, every piece of media that i would find i would try and study and, and and take elements from this and from that and just combine everything from that tmnt universe right into, into something that goes with a game that looks like a 16 16 bit game right exactly or a retro game arcade yeah exactly however you want to label it yeah right. it's so cool and the other thing i again now it makes sense speaking to you being a hip-hop fan there's a lot of hip-hop element to this soundtrack yeah, as well absolutely, right yeah. 
Yeah, so, and to me, yeah. that that was awesome. And I got to give a shout out to former guest, two time Mega Ran. He's on the soundtrack as well. So how oh, was man, it working awesome. with like the likes of these artists? And like, when did you know you wanted to bring in people versus just having a full instrumental soundtrack? Well, that was actually not my idea. Oh, okay. The demo wanted to do that. The demo in, in the Keith Katana, which is the label. Yeah, of course. Uh, and they wanted to... I think they had that idea before even speaking to me, of ha- oh. having a couple of uh, guest musicians. But we weren't too sure where that was going to happen, how many tracks we're going to have. And so that's a discussion that happened later. Okay. So I think it was decided that every... Uh, Every vehicle stage, and by vehicle I mean whether you're flying on the hoverboard right. or the skateboard, would have a vocal track, right? Exactly. And then the, the final balls also. But the, yeah. the idea to have uh, um, elements from Wu-Tang was theirs. It wasn't mine. And I okay. just was excited as hell when they told me, man, you're going to work with Wu-Tang. I'm like, what? Right. I'm telling you this right now, and I still don't believe it. It's <laughs> such an insane. No, seriously, it's such an insane concept. I, it's, I could imagine. It's almost like it. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Especially because I was not in direct contact with them. Right. So, at times, it just feels like I like I stole an acapella from somewhere from a YouTube video or something, and just made a beat for it. But no, actually, it's an original song that I worked on with Wu Tang. So this wow. it's, it's kind of. It's kind of insane when you That's put awesome. it like that, but it's yeah. it's, it's still unbelievable. Uh, working with Mega Ren was great. I thought he was amazing. He did a great job. I thought he was perfect for the job because he has that voice. He's right. a certain age. He's in his 30s or early 40s. I'm not sure. Yeah, he, our age group. You know, yeah. Yeah, right. Our age group grew up watching all of that stuff, so yep. I knew this guy is going to be perfect for, for the role. And he sang for the for the credits. He sang on the credits song, yeah. which is very very inspired by by the movies mm. in the style of the movies. Yeah, right. and he came in did a kick ass job. Johnny Atma uh, runs his channel uh, Gay Metal on YouTube, so he does metal covers of video game music. Oh, and okay. He's amazing. He plays every instrument you can think of. Yeah, yeah he's a whole band. Just that guy, he's the whole band and he sings too. So, you know, I had worked with him before. I wanted to work with him again because he's great. So he he redid all of the guitars. So okay. I wrote most of the guitar parts, sent it to, to him and he would take him take him out by ear. He's really, really good with that too. Wow. And, and then, yeah, just reproduce it and add his own flair and you know, because he's the guitar player. I don't play guitar for shit. I have a little <laughs> bit of notion. I have a little bit of notion of what a guitar can do. Right. But he takes that and, and takes it even further. You know what wow. I mean? Because he knows what the fuck he's doing. Exactly. And, and I I had heard him sing on YouTube like a track. I think it was a cover of a Super Smash Brothers song. Okay. I'm like, damn, man, this guy got pipes. And I, I, I have these vocal tracks. Let, let me see if he wants to, to sing and write the lyrics mm-hmm. for Panic in the Sky, which is the song that he sings. I don't know if you know what's, uh, which song that is. It's no, the, no, I don't know the actual The stage song. with the hoverboards. Oh, okay. In the city. Right. Of course. I think that's the most popular song in the soundtrack. Right. Which is crazy when you have Wu-Tang in there. I know. But anyway, I'm like, dude... I want you to do all the guitars for the for for the video game, but I would also like you to sing a song. Can you write the lyrics? And he's like, right. nah, man, I suck at lyrics. Oh shit! Like, See, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, I'll write the lyrics, 
and you sing it. And okay. it's like, okay, cool. So I send him a demo, but it's the shittiest thing you can think of. Because I have a very low voice. It's okay. not good for, for, for that kind of 80s hairband rock sure. at all. So I send him a clip of me singing, but it's 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 auto-tuned to be an octave. Right. <laughs> it sounds really, really, really bad. But oh, he no. was able to get exactly what I wanted from oh, that that's shitty awesome. take. Yeah. So he recorded that stuff. Oh. I went back and improved and, and improved the rest of the song. You know, touch it up a little bit and finish it up, and 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 it became the most popular song in the soundtrack. I think he did such a bang job, bang on job. And also Anton Karaza, good friend of mine, he sings on uh, the song for Stage Three, uh, Mutants on Over Broadway. Yeah, that crazy song. Hey, hey, rolling on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did that stuff like a champ. Oh, awesome. Really, really good. So I'm really, really happy with the collaborations that I, you know, the people I had. The, I, I also had a Portuguese person in there. Oh, nice. The saxophone in the credits. Yes, João Samuel da Silva from Aveiro. There you go. Shout out to yeah, him. Yeah, if he's yeah, yeah. Shout out to him. He plays. He used to play with Expensive Soul. Okay. And he plays with some 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 big artists over there. I don't know nice. how we connected anymore, but yeah. I also invited him to be in the soundtrack. He kicked ass. Really, really good. Oh my god, that is so good. Now, how about making music? Okay, is it harder for you to make an instrumental or is it harder for you to make or compose a music knowing there's going to be an artist singing over it? Uh, man, that's it's almost the same thing. I guess okay. I guess when there's going to be an artist singing on it, the melody has to be a little bit simpler. I have to pay attention to certain things. Whereas there's no limitation when it comes to what a synth does there is a limitation to what the human voice can, can do okay. and so i have to take that into consideration and introduce the right uh, spaces for the singer to be able to breathe take it take a breath once in a while so there's other considerations you have to have but other than that it's it's pretty much the same thing oh okay Maybe a little bit sim- simplified yeah yeah because i always wondered that too because it's like there's some instrumentals like i can't see anyone singing or rapping over this compared to like something where it's like the the person's vocals is an instrument and it makes that song even better like you know what i mean yeah absolutely but it's a, you know it's an instrument that has certain limitations that you have to watch out for when you're composing for a singer to sing that's that's pretty much the only difference though now again being huge into video games and being part of nerd culture and all that is there a franchise or a reboot that you want on your resume eventually man i like your questions your <laughs> Thank questions you. are good I, I like your podcast <laughs> Appreciate it, my friend. It's, it's it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Man, I would love to do a Castlevania game. Oh, or, love or, it. Or, or Mega Man. Oh, Mega Man. Perfect, too, of so course. I always think about these two. I'm sure there's a lot more uh, brands that I would like to work on, but those two always pop up for some reason. Maybe because some of my favorite soundtracks are Castlevania soundtracks or Mega Man soundtracks, but that, that would be true. really cool if I could work on, on those. How about like a movie franchise, like Marvel, or do you want to be a part of anything, something huge like that? Just for the money, to be <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> just for the money. If the money is good. I, I'm just kidding. I don't even know. I'll, of course, I would like to be part of something like that, even though, in my point of view, music for that type of media is a little more uh, an element of support 
than it is you know it's there to support the movie it's gotcha. not there to be the main thing even though it can be its own thing if you listen to the soundtrack by itself afterwards right sure but the main purpose of that music having been composed is to go with a certain uh main media which is the picture obviously uh so that's i'm not gonna say that's something that attracts me a lot sometimes I think it can be a little bit boring, but it depends on the movie, depends on the action. You know, I, I, I like to write for action. Oh, uh, okay. I, I don't know if you're familiar with Sonic Mania Adventures. Yeah, of course. The, the animation that they did after Sonic Mania. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Oh, so you worked on that too, the cartoon? Yeah, I did. Oh, even, shit. Okay, I don't know that. Yeah, I thought you just now, did the video the game. one on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. You're not confusing it with something else? Unless I am. There's a bunch of them out there. Maybe there's I am. There's one on YouTube that's that's a collection of, of uh, episodes, of okay. short episodes. And, man, it has, like, millions of views oh, sure. right now. Yeah. And that was my first experience working with, you know, animation, writing for animation. Uh. I worked with Tyson Hess, and he gave me a lot of direction because he has more experience than me, even though I don't believe he's a musician. But mm -hmm. he's a great director. And it was, you know, it's just great to work with him because I learned a lot. And then I did some promotional work for Sonic Frontiers. Okay. Even though I, I didn't work on the game, but there was also an animated short that they made for that to help promote the game that I was a part of. That's so that cool. was really cool. And I'm kind of getting experience in that field. But for now, I'm more attracted to working with video games. One day, who knows? Maybe Hollywood, if, if there's the opportunity. Well, we need people like you because I don't know if you think of it like how I do, but back in the day, a soundtrack made a movie and a good soundtrack that accompanied a good movie. Oh my God. Like, you know what I mean? Now, like you said, it's, it's, it's secondary. Like it's just there to accompany now. Like, you know what I mean? Whereas before, like, it's like, oh my God, it was craziness. And Man, you know, I think it was always the, I think the objective was always to accompany the picture. It's just that it's the soundtrack stood up more maybe in the past. You know, they were a little bit more individual, a little more... Um, and not generic, too. Yeah, exactly. A little more unique. They had more character. And nowadays, they're more generic. You can't really tell many times which composer is which because there's really no... You know, sometimes there's no signature. There's, there's nothing unique. They may do a very, very good job, very professional job, but it's not something you listen to... And be like, oh, this, this, I recognize this, this composer. This has to be such and such because this style is, it's unmistakable. You, you know, you see yeah, that less and less. You see, you, you don't see that a lot. And as you see more and more composers showing up, right, on the internet and all that stuff, mm -hmm. you see lots of people imitating other people because they think that's the way. Sure. Instead of embracing, and I was guilty of that for many years. <laughs> Yeah, instead of embracing their own individuality, right? And, you know, their, their own flaws too, because your flaws, your you, the, the things you, you, what's the word? Your shortcomings are part of your style. Okay. The reason you do certain things sometimes is because you can't do it any other way. Thank you. Yes. So you had to. That makes you sense. Know, so, so you, that's it's something you have to embrace. Yep. Sometimes your shortcomings just just become a part of your musical personality character or whatever you want to call it and most people want to avoid them at all costs because they think it's a bad thing i don't think it's a bad thing yeah, exactly. And it's whatever you're comfortable. Like even example with myself and the show, I barely talk about like my personal life and stuff. And it's not because I don't want to share. It's because I just don't like talking about myself. I'm not one of those people. 
I would rather talk to the guests. Like, but there's there's other people that at the beginning of the shows, all they do is talk about what they did the week, and that's fine too because I, I enjoyed listening to what people go through in their lives. Right, that helps. But yeah. it's whatever you're good at. It's so true. And yeah, just because you other people think of it as a downfall, no, you're right. It, it's a way to get somewhere else that you need to go. Right. I, I was delighted to learn a little bit about you before we did this because you know. Well, you got to know I a little bit. <laughs> Very, very little bit, but I guess you know it, it brings you closer, makes you more comfortable speaking to the person. So you definitely do the job when it comes to that. I don't think it's it's a bad thing at all. Oh, again, thank you so much, my friend. But uh, I don't really want to put you on a spot because it's really hard. But what's one of your favorite, or even just something that stands out in your mind of something that you've worked on over the years that I worked on? Yeah, that's out Man, there. I. I but I, I I would say I put so much love and, and care into everything I do. Okay. Not something that really stands out to me. I also found I also find uh, uh, problems in every song that I've ever made. If I listen back to it, it's always like no I get song it. I've ever made is perfect to me. It's always I, I listen out. I listen for the mistakes. Like oh, yeah. there it is. Oh, there's that one. Oh, why didn't I fix that one? Yeah, it took I me get five it. Seconds. All those, you know, thoughts just 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 come up to my head. But in general, you know, I put, I would say that every project I've ever been involved with has had not the same amount of time put into it because okay. obviously schedules are different sure. and budgets are different. But the same amount of love and you know, wish you wish to make something with quality has always been there for sure. Well, so that's what I mean, because it's like every project is like your baby. You don't, you don't want to like just pick one, but I'll throw one out there so people could go because you can find all your music on Spotify, too. So if people yeah. want to go listen, it's all there. But when I saw this, my oh, again, going back to my childhood, the Terra track from Final Fantasy six, fantastic remake, my oh, friend. So oh, that again, man, speaking I of great melodies, whoo. I would, to, that's a good I one. I had to remix that one because I love the original song so, so right? much. Right? So. And that's like the song yeah. that stands out the most from that game, in my opinion. Absolutely. First of all, it's I think it's one of the first ones you hear. Or the first one even you hear. Oh, actually, you might be right on that. Yeah, when, oh, when the yes. story... And that's, gets, yes, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, you are right. And they're, they're just walking in the Magitech yep. towards the Esper. Yeah. Oh, man, what a, what a legendary game. I love that game so much. That's my that's favorite RPG of all time. Has yeah. to be. It's my definitely my favorite Final Fantasy. I can't say I play them all, but none ever caused caused the same impact in me as this Final Fantasy three or six. And it was actually Sorry. funny because the year I moved to Portugal, that's the year I purchased that game, and that's all I played for like a year straight in Portugal. So that's what was where, this ninety six ninety six. I moved in ninety seven, so I bought it a year after. So, okay. so I played, I found everything, I leveled, I, like I said, I played the shit out of that game. Like I had yeah, it so yeah. memorized where I actually got it, oddly enough, like a few years ago when it was available on the Vita and I started playing it. It was like, I knew where everything was. I knew exactly where to go. I, I even remembered like the story. It's like, oh, that game is just has a special it's place so in my heart. It's amazing, isn't it, dude? It's funny because my story with Final Fantasy seven, with Final Fantasy in general, is kind of shaky because... The first RPG I ever played was Final Fantasy VII, and I couldn't oh, for okay. the life of me figure out what the fuck was going on. Like, why is there a text? Why, do I have to, <laughs> why can't I just swing the I sword? I have to tell the guy to swing the yep. sword, to go there and swing the sword. 
why do I have to be stopped and wait for the guy to attack me? I just want to get out and move out of the way of his sword, and I can't. So it was very confusing, and I, I didn't play it for a long time. Plus, it was all in English, and I guess at the time, there was kind of that barrier when I was still living in Portugal. Yeah, okay. I could, I could understand a lot, but not everything. Sure. So there were definitely holes in the story for me. Uh, but then I played Final Fantasy VI emulated because I did not have the SNES. Okay. Yeah. But that was my real introduction to, to, to RPGs because that's when I started understanding the whole right? turn system yes. and you know, the whole thing. And it really, really captivated me. And then I played Final Fantasy VII, and then I could enjoy it, because I already understood the whole thing, you know? Yeah, no, it makes sense. But Final Fantasy VI was the one that that dragged me into the RPG scene. Yeah, that, again, that is a, that, uh, absolute classic, absolute classic. Okay, before we wrap this up and we get to plug all our stuff, we have to go back to our Portuguese culture, my friend. I gotta Let's know. Let's go. Give me some of your top Portuguese dishes. Let's educate these non-Portuguese people what to eat. Let's go. Let's go. Bacalhau abraço. Oh, my wife makes a killer one, so check. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough affirmation right there. <laughs> Is it really, really good? Oh, it's very good. Like, anytime yeah. anyone comes over and she serves, oh, they want seconds and thirds. It's, it's awesome. Do you, does she use uh, cilantro? No, she uses parsley. Parsley. She uses parsley. Do we do even you, do the black I, olives. Okay, okay, okay. Are you, are you a parsley person? Yeah, I, I don't mind salt, cilantro, yeah. but I didn't grow up on it, obviously, being non being Portuguese. Yeah, we use yeah, parsley, yeah, yeah. right? And so she incorporates it in some stuff. Like she makes like, she uh, we call it ahi, and it's like from Ecuador. It's like their hot sauce, and she puts cilantro oh, yeah, in it. Yeah. Like that I love, but like on Portuguese dishes, not so much. Not so much? No. Yeah, some people use it. Instead of parsley, did you know here really? not in Portugal? Okay, yeah, yeah no, not yeah. me. I, I use the Portuguese way. That's why I asked you. Good. Okay, so I like that. I love a good frango churrasco. Oh, you can't go it wrong. Has to, it has to be. It has to be really good. You don't find a good frango churrasco everywhere. See, but again, you gotta come to Toronto. See, but here's the thing, though. I, I'm like you. I like it on the barbecue. Nui spit. I don't like it. I don't know. It's not the same. Nui spit is different. Yeah, it's it is right. Not the same. I like a good leitão Oh, that's good too. Oh man, it's, especially it's the skin, amazing. nice, nice and crunchy. Oof. Oh man, forget about it. Do you like fish? You oh like come fish? on, I love all fish. Like bacalhau, obviously. I like bacalhau. I like lulas. I like pulv. Oh, yeah, Again, my wife makes an, both of those. Oof. Amazing. Wow, man. Wow. <laughs> You're a lucky man, huh? She, she she took up on Portuguese culinary for you. Yeah, well, again, it's as soon as she we met and I started taking her to like the Portuguese restaurants. That's it. It was sold. She she'll admit to it. She says oh, Portuguese okay. cuisine. So she was in love with it and decided that she she needed to replicate. Oh it. yeah, because she's like that's one thing. Like Portuguese cuisine is better, the best in the world. She says no one even comes close. And you know what? Oh, it's... I know we're partial and towards the Portuguese, but I agree. Like, oh come on. It's, it's just so varied for for such a small country, right? right? Portugal is so small, and there's so many different types of food across the country, and so many sceneries, and you know, just just so much to, to see and to do there. Fascinating. Now, do you like sardinhas or carapau? I didn't always like sardinhas. Okay. That's like, uh, yeah, that's something that I a taste that I acquired <laughs> fairly recently. Oh, I've always I, loved them. Yeah, yeah, I always loved them too. My problem was with uh, chupinhas. You know what? Yes, I could see that. The fish bones. But then I learned that if you eat it with broa, all mm-hmm. that shit just goes down. 
Really? Right? I've never heard yeah, this before. Yeah, bro, bro is the trick. That's, oh. That's the, yeah, you eat some bro with it? Yeah. So the thing is, you have to eat them with bro. Well, I just eat them with boiled potatoes, olive oil, and vinagre. That's it. Ah, uh, but get some bro because that's just kind of mandatory. You don't know oh, this, but it is. Yeah. Okay. If you go to the, the festas in Portugal, right. that's what you eat. Sardinhas in, they don't give you no potatoes over there. They give you sardinhas. Right. And bro. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> you eat I never the knew that. A little bit of sardinha, then a bite of bro. I guess it makes sense, down. though. Exactly. Yeah, man. Oh, man. Okay, I'll have to try it for next. Okay, now we got to move on to desserts because that's the other thing we're known for as well. It's not only just the main dish. And obviously soups, that's another category. My God. Absolutely. Like desserts. Pastels and yuznata. It's got to be. It's got to be. Okay. Every Sunday I eat one or two. Really? Okay. (laughs) I love it. Absolutely. Yeah, because we have a place that does them very well around Okay, so you have them fresh. You don't have like that prepackaged shit. No, no, no. No, no, no. It's still hot. Okay. Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Really, really good. Okay. Okay. Arroz uh, dos. I love arroz dos. If it's Not made correctly. No. If it's made correctly. Okay. How about this? Do you like a runny or thick? Uh, somewhere in between. Okay. Fair. Not crazy thick. Not crazy runny. Somewhere in between. A okay. Okay. Canela, a little bit of oh, mashed yeah. Of course. Beautiful. I like a lutria. I don't know if you know what that is. That's no. from the north. Okay. What's this? It's kind of like arroz dos, but it's made with with angel hair. Oh, yes, I've seen this. I, I can't. It, it throws me off because I just think spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, so, do you like it or not? Not really. I would rather have Oroj Dos. Like, I, if, if it's the only thing there, I'll eat it. But if I had the choice, I'd go with Oroj Dos, for sure. I'll, I'll, I'll eat both equally with equal pleasure. <laughs> okay. Sure. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I do not like Bolugay too much, bro. No? No, Bolugay, the... the, the, the crystallized I think that's called crystallized I, the thing that throws me off with bulgrey is all the stupid fruit they put on top if it's a basic one oh, that's what I'm talking about like j- yeah. just put like uh, amendua or something on top I'm, I'm good sure. to go yeah, but bulgay, man, it, it has to be done a certain way too because sometimes some bulgays are very dry and I can't have that yeah, it's hard too it's a hard yeah, it's mean, a hard dessert I'll eat some bulgay if I peel out the fruit right. first Make sure the brindis is not there so you don't fuck up a tooth. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, I mean, like a little, little lead uh, fucking toy. I, I don't think they do that anymore, but they used to do that. Yeah, I don't think like so a either. A toy, like a little miniature. Yeah, they lad. put something in there and it's like a prize. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the prize is you're breaking your fucking teeth. That's the prize. Is That's why they stopped. Yeah, it <laughs> happened to me a couple of times. But, um, yeah, if I peel off the fruit, a little bit of cashew with that, I can, oh, I okay. can do that. I like a good mousse chocolate. I mean, dude, it's it's so it's so complicated to just to enumerate them all because there's so, there so is, many. There is there is so many. Mamut Camille is amazing. It sounds nasty, but it's great. Like I'll throw, I'll throw in a few of mine. I'll throw in Nata Giselle. I love a good Nata Giselle. Oh. Nata Giselle. That that's yeah. anything with a masa yeah, well, is good for me too. Yeah, Molotov like, Oh, oh, not so much because it's just no. foam, like you know. It's, yeah, I'm not a big fan either. Like that's the thing, like, or or like eating a cloud. Yeah, or even the ones that have a lot of like the, the gemma from the egg, like you know what I mean? Like yeah, like I'm not yeah, doing because yeah. those things like really fill you up. Like those are like heavy pastries. Like you know what I mean? I like yeah. the like one, yeah. like how you said nata, uh, like pastel nata. Now some of the the paderias over here make it. They infuse it with like cranberry sauce with Nutella. So you have it oh, in the yeah. middle. And I'm like, I tried the Nutella one, tell you the truth, it's fucking good. 
It's blasphemy, Bro, that, but it's good. That's 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 a big controversy with that. I know. <laughs> that's why. Like, oh, that's not genuine. That's not the real thing. But I, my thoughts: Who gives a fuck, man? As long as you put it in your mouth, it tastes good. You know what I mean? It, you like the taste. Who cares if? I mean, it, food evolves too. It's like yeah, music. that's it's true. The same thing. So if it tastes good, why not? Why not? What, what are you trying to respect here? You know what I mean? I know. Sure, we're not taking away the original ones. If that's the ones you prefer, go and have them. If you like the ones with chocolate... See, and those are the people I don't understand. Like, End uh, of the story, mind your fucking business, right? Exactly. <laughs> like, whatever the fuck I want. Like, to me, I find, like, even here, for example, because we don't have, like, we have our pure Portuguese restaurants, but then we have, like, the fusion where it's, like, Portuguese slash Italian, and it's, like, they take yeah. a little from each, oh. and it's, like... Some people are like, no, that's not real food. And I'm like, why not? Why not change it up a bit and make it a little right. bit more different? Like, who cares? Right. It's, I think it's even interesting, man. Sometimes right? it's so much more interesting. I agree, or too. Not so much more, but interesting at least. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got to try. Like, you think the original... No, like, the original Portuguese food isn't what it is today. Like, we had to go around the world and steal half the world's spices and half their stuff to Absolutely. make what we make today. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, half of our Absolutely. dishes are, like, from Africa, from India. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not... And I bet you, Ugh. even in those days, when, mm. when Cook started introducing those new spices right? <laughs> the food, it was backlash. People saying, oh, that's not Portuguese, that's coming from other countries. You know what I mean? That whole xenophobic thing it probably happened man you know or just people just being against change period no well that's what it is it's the human race right we're just stuck in our ways and we don't want to change but if people want good recipes if people want to follow someone good on the internet follow my good friend david rodriguez obviously portuguese how to cook stuff this man's hilarious he has great recipes Follow him if you want some, if you're not Portuguese oh, or if you yeah, want to learn on your own. So he's been on the show a few times as well. Let's support the Portuguese community. He's a That's great awesome. guy. But yeah, how to cook stuff pretty much on all the socials. Just follow him and you'll get some good stuff for sure. Man, good because I love cooking. I'll definitely take some, some tips from pros. Exactly. Well, T, thank you so much for coming aboard today, my friend. Really appreciate it. Plug whatever you want to promote. Floor's all yours, my friend. Oh, man, I can't really promote anything, unfortunately, because I'm under NDAs all the time. Right? Shit. So, Makes sense. All the fun <laughs> stuff that I've been working on, I can't really talk about it. But there's Metal Slug Tactics coming up next year. And there you go. That's one of the ones that's been announced, and I can talk about that one a little bit. It's going to be a Metal Slug game, or, well, like a tactical game with Metal Slug characters and Metal Slug teams. So that's, it's it's coming, coming along very well, and it looks really good, and I'm excited to pose for it so you know look out for it and there's other stuff coming up too but that stuff unfortunately it's gonna have we're gonna have to talk about it on a future episode maybe no most definitely how about your socials where people could follow you or interact with you if you want <laughs> oh sure you can find me on twitter t lopes uh also I, every every social media platform pretty much or at least the main ones on twitter on a, on a Instagram, on TikTok. I'm also on YouTube, of course. It's where I got started. Just look up T Lopes and you'll find me very easily. Nice. And for myself, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter under Finger Styles. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, the podcast DAP. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast DAP at gmail.com. Please rewind to the top of the show. Support those fine sponsors because if it helps them, almost definitely helps me out. And once again, please, most importantly, rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms. 
One last question before I let you go, my friend, because I, I like All you right. said, you have NDAs and stuff. I'm, I don't want to touch on that, but so does that mean you get to play and see the games before they're released? Oh yes. Oh, that see, that's always a dream of mine. I was able to do that <laughs> once for a studio where they sent me the beta and everything, and I got to play before it came out, yeah. and it felt so awesome. Good. It's one of the coolest things about my job. It's <laughs> not music related. Is first of all, I get information that nobody else has. One or two years ahead of games coming out, and then I get to see every step of the way of production. You know, so you get to see all of these talented individuals coming up with crazy ideas for 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 character concepts, level designs, and all of this stuff coming together. It's a lot of fun, and you learn a lot. Oh it's my god, that's awesome! One of the best things, yeah. Perfect. And one last thing before I let everyone go and yourself go. With a heavy heart, I want to say, because she's been on the show so many times in the background, my cat Shady has passed away. She, We had to put her down due to old age. So I want to you know, send this episode out to her. She was a part of our lives for 17 years. She gave us nothing but joy. She was, every, again, all the listeners know she's made appearances and meowed in the background sometimes. So if you don't hear her moving forward, that is why. So shout out to Shady and to everyone who supported and sent their regards. Really appreciate it. From the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. And my condolences. Thank you. And on that note, he's T. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace. Peace.